0: Howdy folks, the Creepy Kentuckian here from deadpit.com. I had a few people um, that would be more interested in checking these shows out in podcast form. So this is the first one um, that we did back um, last month. It is what is going to be affectionately known as the Dead Pit Revival um on the dead pit feeds and all that stuff stitcher and all that stuff so um yeah we're just going to archive it this way as well so people can check it out audio form the audio is not the greatest but hey turn it up whatever so enjoy guys um there's going to be more to come On
1: well, I guess it got to the point where I was so fucking bored and like ready to go crazy that I thought it'd be a good idea to do a show.
0: The uh, yeah, it's like that Metallica song, The Day That Never Comes, is finally here. It is, it's also
1: exactly like the movie The Stand, except we haven't gotten to the end yet where like it becomes religious but we'll probably get there at some point.
0: Yeah. When celebrities start dying off, like I heard about that today. Um, of course, I don't want to be mean, but Joe Diffie, I guess, isn't a, a alias celebrity, but still, and I heard that John Prine had it too. Uh, yeah. He's in like serious condition with the virus. Of course, he, I would imagine that he would be in bad shape because he had like uh, throat cancer, and um, he's like seventy some odd years old. So,
1: yeah, it's it's bad bad.
0: times right now.
1: It's—I don't know why, but the fact that Joe Diffie got it like really got to me. Like immediately, I thought about you when I saw that. I was like, "Oh God, he's gonna be." Yeah,
0: just. Especially because if you look on, like, his social media stuff, it seems like um, that he was in relatively decent health before all this. So, I know I was talking to another buddy of mine that seemed to think that maybe there were some other causes. There's other symptoms or something that he had something else. Like, maybe he smoked or, I don't know, maybe that's what it was, but it... it It seems like it killed that. This virus is killing off like elderly people more than anything, or people that has um, some weird, well, not weird, but just you know, uh, breathing issues and smokers and stuff like older people though. Usually,
1: yeah. I mean, it is weird to see celebrities get it and then like die within a couple of weeks. I mean, that's kind of crazy. I don't know if you've ever seen. The stand before.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time. It's probably not long after it came out.
1: So it's weird because the the premise of the movie, the whole first half of the movie, is that like the government engineers this biological weapon, the virus. It gets out because like the guy that's supposed to lock down the facility when it gets out doesn't, and he leaves and goes with his family, and they get it, and then they go to a gas station. And everybody there gets it, and it just spreads from there. Is like eerily. Kind yeah.
0: of like what's happened. Well, it's very it seems like it's very contagious. Crazy contagious. So but anyway, everybody knows about all this bullshit that's going on. We
1: don't
0: what's know going need you can turn on you C SPAN or headline news or whatever and you can hear about that all damn day long. Doom and gloom and I'm sure you're working from home right now, right?
1: Actually no. Uh what? Well the the weird part about it is the only people that we see is are on telehealth. So I don't see anybody, like, face-to-face. But we yeah, still have I to go into Sarah's the building. Yeah, I Sarah's to
0: train for the, for the telehealth thing, but she hasn't done it yet. So,
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I guess it's better that way. I mean, we don't actually physically see anybody anymore. They've locked the clinic completely. But I still don't even want to go into the fucking building, to be honest. Like, I don't want to be around anybody.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If you can do the job remotely, that's the best way to go and not leave your house, which luckily they gave us computers and stuff like that where we can do everything here, you know, at home. So we don't have to. But to be honest with you, I mean, we really just worked in a building with like 20 people. So it's not like we work with new people every day. It was the same group every, you know, same bunch. But
1: Yeah, I mean, the way I've been working from.
0: Is from that, home with, uh, for the last week or so. And, uh, yeah, it's it's driving me mad, but I think that uh, we've got a long way to go um, before this is... I don't know if it'll ever be over, but before, the, you know, the, I guess it subsides a little bit.
1: Well, people are talking about... Well, fucking dumbass is talking about Easter and all that stuff, and you know that ain't never going to happen. I mean, I would say it'll be... August or September before it even gets to a point where they'll lift any of this shit.
0: Well, at the very least, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm thinking at least a month or so, a month and a half, two months. No chance for what? What's Easter in two weeks? No. Sorry. But
1: anyway, (laughs) yeah,
0: let's go on, Fuck. Fuck the coronavirus right in the ass.
1: I don't give a fuck about hearing anything else about the coronavirus, and I guarantee nobody else does either at this point. That's literally all you hear every day. So I was thinking, though, like a couple of things happened throughout all this that we should probably talk about. Like, number one, because I know that you're still watching wrestling, and for some ungodly reason, I decided to start watching wrestling again when they had the empty arena show. Bad, Stone that's a bad choice. Appreciation <laughs> show. And I swear to God, I'm going to let you uh, comment on it. But I just want to get your opinion for anybody that watches wrestling about uh, number one, the Stone Cold thing, which was possibly one of the worst goddamn things I've ever seen on anything. Not just wrestling, but you've got a guy that comes in, he's like one of the most well-known superstars. Not only that, but he's like a badass. I mean, that's his whole gimmick is that he's a badass. Right. So what the fuck do they do with him? They have him come on and read the worst goddamn jokes I have ever heard in my life for the Stone Cold 316 Appreciation Day. And then they got Byron Saxon. I don't know what the shit he was doing or what they had him doing. But he writes each joke from, like, one to ten. You have to admit that that's got to be one of the worst segments that they've ever done.
0: These shows that WWE has done since, I mean, even before this, they have not been good before this whole empty arena thing. Without a crowd... And they're doing WrestleMania without a crowd. They've already recorded it. I don't... I, honestly, I do not give a shit about seeing in WrestleMania this year. No. And, like, half of the guys are... are uh, Like, Roman Reigns, um, he took himself out of the main... Well, I don't know if it's the main event, but one of the top matches just because where he had the leukemia. He's, he's out. So... And there's a few other guys that are out sick. Like, I think the Miz is sick and just for safety precaution, I don't know what they're sick with. I don't think it's the, the COVID-19. But, you know. Well, the, it, the empty arena shows suck. AEW had, the first show they did that was the empty arena actually was pretty good. The last week's show was Have you watched
1: any of AEW at all? No. I gotta say that, like, um, I may have seen a couple of things that, like, uh, Cody did when they had the empty or anything, just because I caught it on YouTube or something like that in between watching other stuff. But I haven't watched a show all the way through of anything they've done yet.
0: Yeah, they're not. I, I'm actually enjoying it. I mean, it's probably my favorite wrestling show to watch. But yeah, there's a lot of random stupid shit that they have on there. Like the the Matt Hardy Jericho thing from this last week was. Were there were there at an empty? Um, I think they're at an empty baseball field or something like that outside. They did, like, this teleportation thing with Matt Hardy. I heard about
1: this. I did hear about this, yeah.
0: Which, I guess, if you're ever going to do something like that, that would be the place to do it, but Jesus Christ. I got
1: to say, like, I, you know, a lot of people don't like that gimmick because they think it's too silly, but that was, like, one of my favorite gimmicks when he was doing it in TNA. Yeah, and yeah like, then, three or
0: four years ago.
1: Yeah, and then, like, they brought it in, And tried to do it for like what a month in WWF before or WWE before they buried the whole fucking thing and brought them back as like the regular Hardy Boys or whatever. And this that whole gimmick is kind of like running thin at this point. I mean, I don't know if you can stretch a gimmick like that out for five years. The best time to have done that would have been like right after TNA, which they completely botched all that shit, of course.
0: Yeah. So. But man, Yeah, that's oh, one of the – at school, what are they going to do with school right now, too? I guess this, they're just out for the rest of the summer. <laughs> well,
1: it, yeah, it's interesting because, like, uh, at first they, they came on and they were like, okay, y'all, we're going to come back on, like – it was, like, March the 20-something, 27th, I think. And that was probably two or three weeks ago. And um, then it was like, okay, so now we're coming back April the 16th or whatever it is now. And by the time it gets to April 16th, then they're going to be like, well, we're just not going to have any school this year. And it's all online work and stuff like that. I guess if they complete the work, they'll just graduate. But uh, it's bad, man, because I I I just don't see how they can make up all that shit.
0: No, I mean, anything like this uh, has never really happened, at least in our lifetime. I think they had like the was the bubonic plague or something like that
1: (laughs) back in, like,
0: 100 years ago.
1: I think the, you know, you look at all the shit that came before, like SARS, and then there was the, uh, what was that, uh, the swine flu and all that. None of that is even, was even a news story for two weeks. This is the only thing that really actually happened that got, like, widespread like this in our lifetime, by far. Polio might have been the only other thing, you know, 50, 60 years ago. Yeah.
0: I don't think it was ever at this level, though. I mean, there wasn't like the economy completely shut down or anything.
1: No, I, I, I think the economy around that time was pretty much shut down anyway.
0: Yeah. In the 30s and 40s. One of the questions I keep getting asked, though, and I'm going to ask it because I've got your ass on here, finally. All right. And there's one person in particular that keeps asking this. And I want you to tell tell me why. I know why, but I ain't going to, you know. Uncle Bill, will he ever come back to dead pit doing a show every week? <laughs> but
1: no, there's no <laughs> way, man. There's no. And,
0: okay, and I've explained why I couldn't do it every week. It's your turn. And then we'll go in. I want to go into a brief history lesson here with Dead Pit as well. And we can tell people how much time and energy we spent on this shit back in the
1: day. Oh, well, if you want to, I mean, if you want to like go back in time to let's say like circa 2007 or eight, because I think that's probably when we were like the busiest with like doing shit. <clears throat> the whole day, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, like I spent the whole day. Either like trying to get interviews, or trying to write questions for interviews, or trying to like do new, to, like come up with news stories and shit like that, do reviews, stuff like that. There's no way that I can even put like a fourth of the amount of time into that now. And actually, that's probably why like the show was as good as it was at that time, is because that's all we did. I mean, at that time, from like 2005 yeah. to 2009, something like that, I would say. Like, that's yeah, pretty really pretty hardcore awkward. for
0: about four straight years. Yeah. Almost. Um, that's what I was explaining to people, too. Two hour, two and a half hour shows every week. And it's easy to get burnt out with that. Um, and as much as you like horror, and I, I brought some examples here. When you start getting sent shit like metal shifters on DVD (laughs) to review, or uh, let's see here, Aliens from the Deep. So, movies like that, and you're expected to review that shit. And we did for a long time. And a lot of, I mean, we reviewed a lot of really, really awesome stuff too, but there's so much of the bad. And from that time period, 2005, 2006, like 2009, 2010, there was so many studios around that time, too, and a lot of people don't um, realize that. I mean, hell, I mean, I can't even remember, like you had Tartan, Asia Extreme, the hell's Asian movies that came out. Yeah. You had the Spanish horror, I can't even remember the name of the company that did all the Spanish horror movies that we were reviewing. Oh, God, had,
1: yeah, I was talking about I
0: can't either. Yeah. Yeah. Anchor by clips. I don't know. There was, there was, I can't even remember. So it was a lot of, it was a lot of material to cover and neither of us had actual jobs at that point in time. I mean, I kind of worked part time. And then you didn't start your job well with the field that you went into until what about
1: two thousand nine? It was two thousand nine. It was two thousand nine. That's when I started to work for the the comp. Yeah, <clears throat> but I mean, it, the, you know, to answer that guy's question, there's no, I don't have any time to prepare like that anymore. I've got way too many children. Like, there's just... That's true. Plus, he, Uncle
0: Bill's fact, got some uh, potent semen.
1: Not to mention the fact the fucking world's ending around us. I mean, like... Yeah. You know, I, 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 there's just no way.
0: Well, Steve, you remember Steve, don't you? Little motherfucker like Vern Troyer. And of helps, course. He, he still helps us out. Yeah he's uh, in charge of getting our streams going on the Facebook dead pit Facebook page. And he streamed the end of the pit documentary on there this past, uh, it was yesterday. I think it was, uh, I'm recording this on Sunday. It was Saturday, it's past Saturday. And, uh, I would never really watched that movie again. I watched parts of it on the stream and our lives were just so much different. Um, of course this has been, a lot of that was recorded back in 2007, 2008. So it's been like 12, 13 years ago, at this point, but, and, and I've talked to people about at that time period, podcasts were in their infancy is when we were at kind of our peak in popularity. Whereas now you've got podcasts that are out. These guys are making a living doing these podcasts, doing, doing like Patreon, and they're getting sponsored and stuff like that, and it's just the timing of it sucks because we didn't get in on any of that really. We, I mean, we did decent at like conventions and stuff like that, but we really did not make any money at dead bit at all. No, and it, well, and we didn't really. I don't think that was ever a big, um, like I mean, of course it would have been nice, but that wasn't ever the point. We just kind of did it for fun. We're in Eastern Kentucky. There's not much to do. And uh, we really got into horror, you know, the, th- the horror culture at that time.
1: I think one of the funny things about that, about the show to me now, looking back on it, is it was one of the only things that we could have done at that time that would have connected us to the type of people that we got to talk to. Like, there was no. Other outlet that would have worked to do that, other than that podcast for like some for people like us that live in Eastern Kentucky and didn't have any kind of like you know nobody knew who the fuck we were or anything like that. But it, I think it was so early in its infancy that people actually we kind of tricked them into thinking that we were more legit than we were just because we called it yeah. like a radio show and all that shit, and it just kind of worked that way. Like, I don't think we would have ever got to, ever in any way got to talk to John Carpenter or, you know, Savini or any of them fuckers if we hadn't had that. Like, you know what I mean? If we'd have been trying to do anything else, it wouldn't have worked.
0: Yeah. And it's just a lot of great memories doing that. And to be honest with you, the last couple of months when I started promoting the op And I miss—I don't know if it's the show or just the fact doing something creative. And when I wanted to bring Dead Pit kind of back, not like the show itself, but just do more things with it, keep the name out there. I mean, like before we did Dead Pit, we did Hell Lord, which a lot of people don't know, Mm -hmm. and it was just one thing on the net, but we were being creative with it. You know what I'm saying? And I just hadn't done anything creative in so long. I kind of got, got the itch, if you will, and wanted to do something. And I know a lot of people, you know, you know, some of the assholes that post stuff, uh, we thinking it was just a cash in. I wanted to do it. I needed to sell some shit basically is what I was wanting to do. But also, and I think people realize this, I mean, we're, posting more stuff as well. I don't know if that's going to lead to a podcast again, and it's not going to be a weekly podcast, um, but it's something that I want to figure out. If, if I can do something as easy as this and make it a podcast, I'm all for it. I just yeah. don't want to fool with fucking around with, uh, you know, uploading something to something and editing it and fucking with it all. I just want it to be, hey, boom. There you go
1: yeah and like, I'm working I, on
0: that right now. and but that that's the thing with me. It's like I just wanted to do something creative.
1: That's with the with what we we're talking about earlier too, that's the thing that I don't think either one of us could do again. Like I don't think we could ever do like a podcast like that where we were creating like bits and skits and you were editing shit into it and like you know, doing the interviews and there's no way, man. But now doing something like this, I would say that we could probably do that just because, like, I mean, what the fuck is there to it anymore with technology like this? Right.
0: And just keep the name out there. Like I said, it's still paying for the website and stuff every year. And I was thinking about this year. I'm like, I don't know what it is, like 300 bucks a year or something like that to keep it all running. And we ain't fucking doing nothing with it. So, and maybe if we do a little something. I do a little something, maybe you can come in every once in a while, we can at least help pay for the fucking website every year or you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We may have to start a Patreon account, that's what everybody else is doing and fucking, you know.
0: I, I, I had a couple of people mention that to me, the Patreon thing, but yeah, I mean, we both have pretty good jobs, so I don't really care about that as much, but it's something that I'm really, like, the dead pit thing's something I'm really proud of still. Like, I know it's not you know, we haven't really had a show in, like, three or four years. But to go to the level that we were at at that time, I mean, and consider where we're at in that country, it's pretty amazing. Um, if you really look back at it, a lot of people that we talked to, uh, we had a documentary made on us. The documentary, it didn't really get picked up <laughs> or anything. But still, I mean, somebody took the time out. <laughs> well, yeah. To make a movie about me and you.
1: I wanna tell you about that documentary though, and I always thought this and I still think this to that to this day. That documentary could have been amazing, but you I don't know anybody else that ever made like a any kind of mainstream documentary where you could spend three days with whoever you're doing the documentary on and have that be the whole fucking documentary. I mean, you gotta yeah. spend like months on and off. Like, I'm not saying you gotta live with them, but you gotta fucking, you know. Well, I mean, I just here. think that they really
0: didn't. They didn't have a budget to work with, comparable to, like a lot of other bigger documentary movies. There's not a whole lot of people that really talk to in the Dead Pit world. I mean, we talked to my dad was in the documentary. Your mom and dad was in it. Uh, Timmy was in it, which I forgot he was. they had him in it. But, I mean, there's... The, and Goose was in it, but that was right when we met Goose, kind of, not long after that. So, yeah, I mean, there w- wasn't a whole lot um, to the filming process of that movie.
1: Yeah, it's weird. It was like, what, three or
0: four days total,
1: maybe? People... I, I told you this before, people still come up and at the weirdest fucking times and places and mention that mention the show or that documentary or a combination of both. But just people from around here that you would never fucking think even would know anything about it. But when I was when I was thinking about like every now and then, and I'm sure you do this too, I'll just have a fucking flashback to something that happened to us while we were doing the show. And I'll it's just one of those things that'll forever be etched in my memory. Like for instance the whole shit with that mad puppet death, fucking! Shit's oh god! <laughs> I was just thinking about that the other day, and I'm like, "What in the fuck? Like, it's just, it's just, how did we get into stuff like that? Not even trying to get into stuff like that, but you, oh no. if you think about all the things that followed that one show,
0: we were threatened from, with. That was one time we were threatened with a lawsuit. Yeah. Uh, fr- the East Kentucky Film Festival were threatened with lawsuit with that as well. Yeah. I'm sure there was a couple of other ones.
1: Um, and people, but hey, it's all good. We those, never did
0: get sued, so
1: <laughs> we just got threatened. Still, they still bring up those screenings and stuff too, man. And that was actually probably one of the most amazing things that came out of that too. You think about it, like the the uh, publicity for those was pretty amazing. The actual shit that, that we ended up doing in it was pretty amazing, where we'd introduce the movie, and then something like, you know, Tim would come out as Michael Myers or some shit like that would happen. You know, nobody Probably. did anything like that within, like, I don't even know if anybody did anything like that anywhere at that time, but not within, like, a 500-mile radius from where we were at.
0: Honestly, so if you if you look, like, at all the movies that were shown that we had, that's a pretty, like, for, it was only, it was less than, what, a year? maybe, of, of shows. Yeah. And we had, like, Madman, we had Halloween, Halloween, Halloween 4, I think, was the Halloween first 4, one we yeah. ever did. Nightmare on yeah. Elm Street 4, uh, The Thing, Poltergeist, Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is one that got us in trouble. <laughs> That's
1: just and it ultimately ended
0: dirty. us doing those shows, um, which I think we've talked about that back when that happened. But The yeah. Strand has not Still to this day, our screening um, was the very last movie that was ever shown in the strand. So we got that. We can put that little notch in her belt, too, baby.
1: I, mean, I was going to show you something,
0: though, that I had just found this evening. I'm, I'm constantly working on this house still. And this is further proof that I never throw anything away. See if you recognize this.
1: Oh, my God. That's 2000. Six. Now, 2004.
0: 2004
1: yeah uh, Baltimore, Maryland weekend. Yeah.
0: that was the first horror convention we ever went to it was in 2004 uh, this was the Bag of Horror number 4 and uh, George Romero yeah. was a special guest
1: that was amazing too because that's when the DVD set of Dawn of the Dead came out that's what the, they were promoting yeah that, that was show. right
0: before it came out I think
1: yeah And, I mean, that was when you had all the Dona Day people there. You had Romero, you had Scott Reininger, Galen Ross, um, Peter Foret. Was Galen Ross there? I know. Galen
0: Ross was there. That was a very rare uh, appearance. I mean. Ashley Lawrence was there, too. They had like a little Hellraiser reunion there, too. Um, And and that was the very first show we ever saw Felcher at, too, I believe.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He was at
0: the Anchor Bay booth.
1: And you think about, like, all that, that. I mean, really nothing big like that happens at conventions anymore like, because home media has kind of died. But they don't have big release party kind of things like that. No. Like they did for, you know, Dawn of the Dead. And,
0: well, still to this day, I would say that that Dawn of the Dead release is still the ultimate version to have. I think of that it's 16 years later.
1: Yeah. Because Anchor Bay to did. Ready to put out one that might be the ultimate release. What was that now? I don't know if you've seen that yet, but there's a company called Second Sight Films that's getting ready to release. That's still
0: like in a, the UK, though, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but it's like a, I don't know if it's a four or five disc fucking. It's a 4K
0: edition. release, though, right? I think.
1: Yeah. It's got <clears throat> audio CDs and shit with it too, though. I mean, like soundtrack stuff as well. But it's got. Did like, you ever
0: get the Dawn of the Dead uh, Waxwork Record soundtrack? No, I didn't know they had that. Man, that's yeah. I think it's out of print now. So uh,
1: it's always
0: they're always fucking out of print. That's a killer. <laughs> well, they always do the second pressing as well. Fucking over. them so, and
1: Mondo can suck my dick. I swear to God, like that shit goes out of print. Ten minutes.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like, like uh anytime it goes out of print, don't worry. It'll eventually come. They'll do the second pressing of it because they do it all the time, or they find more of them. In like a yeah. warehouse or something like Charles Imagine Band that. did back in the day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Charles Bann, yeah. No, but okay. Um, so That show, uh, some of my memories from that show, though, uh, met Savini for the first time and found out that he was kind of, he was a douche at that show. Like, I mean, I think anybody would agree that met him at that fucking show. Um, that show and remember, every other like, show. Yeah. I, <laughs> I remember that and I remember meeting uh, all the people from Dawn and Day of the Dead because that's where uh, i still got that hanging up somewhere. That's also the show where um, I got my shit signed by Joe Pilato and, uh, God, a couple of other from Day of the Dead. Yeah, there was a
0: huge Day of the Dead uh, reunion there. I think they had, like, Gary Clark was there. Uh, Lori Cordell was there. Yeah. Um,
1: I, the main cast, mostly. I don't think the Jamaican dude was there. I no, guess. he wasn't
0: there, but, um, that, and Antonio guy was there. What was his name? <laughs> I can't remember.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Antonio Margarita. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So that was a very fun show that I actually remember, um, the <laughs> film room too. We thought it was so cool that they had a projector with like, they were playing like a lot of anchor Bay stuff. Cause I guess anchor Bay, uh, had uh, promoted was one of the big promoters of that show and uh, one in particular I think we watched this cheerleader camp that was getting ready to come out on DVD <laughs> yeah
1: that's how long no, that was, it's been yeah,
0: yeah.
1: now I, I, it was a completely different vibe maybe it was where we were just new at doing it or maybe it was actually better at that time I don't know but it just didn't well, I tell you, one reason it was better at that time is because every fucking body except a couple of people were signing for free. Like, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, it was very free. cheap.
0: Like, I think there was if you had your own item, it was like a lot of them was like five bucks or something.
1: Yeah, and uh, wasn't uh, Nicotero there signing for free?
0: Nicotero, Savini, Reggie Bannister. There was a few of them. I think Kane Hodder was signing for free too.
1: I mean, if you brought your world. own item, that is.
0: But those days long over, over, yeah, it's like 60 bucks an item now. Yeah. Give me more money, motherfucker. Give me. I don't need
1: 20. I need 60. I love, too, now that they got, like, it wasn't enough that you get to meet somebody and you could just take, like, a picture with them, like, a selfie with them or something like that. Now they've got, like, a so-called professional fucking photo shoot, like you're going to prom in high school kind of photo shoot. Who gives a fuck? Like the only thing they want to do, you want to do is just have like a picture that kind of memorializes that you met that person. Like it doesn't have right. to be in 4K definition with a background. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not
0: against them doing that, but like the problem is, is they will not let you take pictures at the table anymore. Like
1: right? no, it's all a racket. It's horrible. So, I just kind of like. Times.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of done with the convention thing. To be honest with you, if they would do like a killer wrestling convention around here, I might go to it just one time. But I'd probably end up paying so much I would never go back, I would say. Probably. But,
1: I mean, you look at, like, uh, that time period from 2000, from that show to probably about 2000. It really started getting stupid right after 2010, 2011, something like that. That's when it all started to become, like, like it is now. It became, like, corporation, like, um... I don't know how you would say it, but, like, everything became cookie-cutter the way they did stuff, and nobody really broke out of that mold.
0: It was really, like, the early to mid-2000s was a killer time for conventions and just the genre itself, if you really think about it. Think of, like, a lot of these DVDs and stuff back here is stuff that we got sent. And I people like today, they just like, what? Really, they sent you that shit for free? Because anymore, I don't know if you realize this or not. Most of the companies send you links on like Vimeo or something like that. You don't get the. I'm sure there's still some companies that send the actual movies, but anymore, like it's like here you can just stream it.
1: Yeah. Fuck you. I remember, man, like back in the day, they would send us shit like promo items and stuff, too. It wasn't just that they would send you uh, DVDs or Blu-rays. They would send you like, I've got zombie hot sauce, and I've got like a package over there from the Crazies that was like a a biohazard um, uh, bag that had a bunch of like comics and stuff in it. They would send you all kinds of stuff at that time, period.
0: I can remember when we hit it big, when we thought Dead Pit was at its peak, is when we finally started getting screeners from Anchor Bay. Like, that was the company right there. Yeah. I mean, it was honestly, it was like Screen Factory is, I guess, now. i would be the only way to describe it. Because there's really nobody else that was like them then. Um, And around that time period, man, they were coming out with some amazing shit.
1: I was going to be honest you. Remember the, uh,
0: let's see.
1: Screen Factory is still taking my fucking money just because they keep releasing the shit with the fucking figures that you can't get anywhere else. That's the only this is one
0: sure. of my favorites that I remember getting for review, though. Do you remember this set right here, the reanimator with the syringe? The yeah, which I thought would be a good, uh, uh, I guess, turning point where we can talk about uh, Stuart Gordon, who recently had passed away as well. Uh, we'd met him and interviewed him on the show. And he, he was a really, really down-to-earth guy and just not your typical, like, Horror director type. He was just very like kind of easygoing and all that, which is kind yeah, of con- weird like, uh, considering some of these movies that he made.
1: He was like a unique guy, and of the fact that the majority of films he made were some sort of uh, adaptations of that line of uh, of books. Like, I mean, he made even the stuff he did for uh, Masters of Horror was just a adaptation of the Black Cat. Which, I mean, that was kind of what he did. If you think about his career, there wasn't. He did From Beyond, which was H.P. Lovecraft. He did The Reanimator, which was a take on Lovecraft. He did, oh um, god, was it Castle Freak? I guess maybe that was were one that wasn't related to an adaptation of a story. But he had a very unique style. I'll say that for him,
0: for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, yeah, and
0: um, we had. What was weird is, is I had posted, uh, I think it was the Horror Hound in Cincinnati. We had met him at, and it has been eight years ago since we all went to that show. And it was like eight years to the day that he passed away is when we had met him. Which yeah, I'd seen that in my memories on Facebook and stuff, and I thought that was very bizarre. I
1: feel like there's dudes like him and Mick Garris. And a couple other guys that were more like um, I don't know how else to say it, but like working class kind of directors. I don't know if they fell into horror because it was something that they could just work all the time and do, but they didn't have like the the egos of like a Wes Craven or something like that. There's just some guys that that were that was just kind of blue collar is kind of directors, and he's he was one of them. And he came out of that kind of Charles Band style of, you know, you make 400 movies, which Charles Band was following Roger Corman's style of making low-budget movies all the time. And he always struck me as that kind of guy. Like, he didn't really have an ego or anything. About and him. he
0: had actually, a lot of people don't realize this, he was one of the writers for, now. I guess, his most su- successful like commercial film was uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. He was like the writer of the... Uh, which a lot of people don't realize that, honey, I shrunk the kids. There were kids in it. But.
1: Yeah. I'd forgotten that too. Do you mention it? Yeah. yeah.
0: So, um, I guess one last thing on here. And I had this question the other day. I did like a live stream the other day when I was taking, uh, Sarah to have another one of her kidney stone procedures. She's had about 15 of them in the last year. um, Top five horror films in the last 10 years. I couldn't come up with them. I can oh, come Jesus. up with one. <laughs> I, I was like, there's no way I could do like the number one because nothing really hits me as like that was it. That was by far the. From 2010
1: to 2020, I that would be fucking rough to try to come up with that list.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. That's what so I said. What did I. You-
0: the only one that really came to mind when I was like, I really, really liked that movie was a quiet place that came out a couple of years ago. I really liked that. I mean, just because it was, it, it relied a lot on atmosphere and what you didn't really see up to a point. You know, like, yeah, I liked that. And it didn't really, there wasn't even any, like, I'm sure that there was interaction back and forth, but there wasn't like, it was all pretty much visual, pretty like 90% of the movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here trying to think, man, and it's just, that's a brutal fucking question for me to try to think of, because honest to God... Yeah, I you know, couldn't, I was like, I'll have to
0: sit, and I still really can't, I mean, I'd have to go back and look, maybe I could look on, like, Wikipedia and see what all came
1: out in the last 10 years. Yeah, I was I thinking remember. in the past, like, um, what, like three or four years? I don't even remember that many horror films, because number one, they're not putting them out anywhere near what they used to be putting them out, but number two, they're all really bad, or they look bad, you don't end up going to see them or anything like that. Right. Yeah, like, for instance, I can tell you some ones that I remember watching recently that were fucking horrible that I actually thought would be halfway decent. Uh, mm-hmm. Three from Hell, the Rob Zombie uh, pre. See, I was
0: all down for watching that, and then all the reviews started coming in on Facebook, and I just haven't had the desire to see it.
1: Yeah, well, that I mean, if you can imagine like having no budget and no script and no one in it that can really act or do anything except Bill Mosley and no plot, that's basically like what it is.
0: I think a lot of his movies they're like that really. I mean like I never I tried to watch 31 back when it came out. I just had to turn it off. Like I was like, eh. Nah. It's almost like I'm trying to watch these empty arena WWE shows <laughs> Yeah, that's what it's like. You know, you just have no desire, it kinda
1: kills your insides. Uh, Lords of Satan wasn't that bad. I, now actually that I think like about that movie. It. Now people yeah. shit on that movie. Like a lot of people hate that movie, but of the stuff that he's done, that's probably one of my more favorite ones besides, you know, the House Thousand Corpses and Devil's Reject,
0: Right. So. Yeah, but, Lopes of it, Salem was pretty good, I guess. That might have been his last one. And, I, I mean, I kind of like the new um, the Halloween movie that came out a couple of years ago. We didn't really talk about that. But, I mean, it wasn't original at all. There was nothing original at all to it. It was just, to me, it was entertaining.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, even the bigger name movies that came out, they just come and go, and, like, they're nothing. Like, you take the It remake, or you take get out or us or any of those movies or that one and I mean I watch them it kind of just passes over my eyes and then just exits
0: yeah it's movie. kind of enjoyable I- while you're watching it but you never have the desire to go back and say hey. because I watched the it remake and I enjoyed it
1: yeah
0: but the the, the second chapter I have no desire to ever watch it because the second half of that story sucks
1: it's awful. By the way. I saw it in the theater yeah. but, and it was fucking awful. So yeah. So but I, I couldn't tell you like a movie in the last couple of years that, that was like blew my mind or anything like that. Not a horror film. I mean there's a mm-hmm. lot of films that I watched that I really liked. Like I like Joker. I thought that was like one of the better films that's come out in a long time, but it's not But would you call film. that a
0: horror movie though?
1: No, no. So that's what I'm saying. Those
0: I think it's almost time for something to come along. Because there's really, like, the the horror scene, as far as mainstream goes, like, it's not really even... It's kind of like, eh, again. It's about time for something to come along and, like, shake things up a little bit.
1: Well, this period reminds you kind of, like, of what the mid-90s were like. or the Yeah, the mid-90s before Scream came out. Like, that period where everything's just kind of like shit. Like, there's no... No new ideas, nothing's really no movies are coming to the theaters and then screaming.
0: There was a movie,
1: um, I don't, don't know if you
0: it's kind of like a suspense type more than horror. It's called Summer of 84. Did you ever watch it?
1: I love that, yeah, Thought yeah, it's talking. pretty good. Yeah. I tell you, another one though, man, that like and this is the difference because these movies are not in theaters, these are all movies I've seen like streaming on Netflix or something like that. The Babysitter. If you haven't seen the babysitter yet I've heard people talk about
0: it, I haven't seen it.
1: That's one of those ones that's like it's like an eighties film almost, and that you can tell they're trying to make it like an eighties film, but it's got like a really good cast, good acting, good combination of like trying to be goofy as fuck, but also like gore and stuff like that. That was a good one. I would probably put that in my top five.
0: Yeah. So I'm sure if we can, like, sit and decipher, we might be able to come up with that maybe for something in the future for, uh, you know, who knows how many months we're going to be in the corona, uh, you know, situation. It killed fucking poor Joe Diffie. It makes me so mad, man.
1: I mean, of all the people to take out, why are you going to fuck with Joe Diffie?
0: Yeah, he brought us such great classics as Pickup Man and John Deere Green.
1: That's <laughs> right
0: and Billy Bobbino Charlene.
1: He didn't do the watermelon crawl, though, did he?
0: No, that was Tracy Bird, man. Uh, you are no God. better than that. it
1: will get... Wouldn't it be funny <laughs> if the coronavirus uh, killed all the 90s countries? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can get Joe Diffie, and Tracy Bird, then uh, Mel McDaniels. He's probably already dead. But Mel McDaniels are already
0: dead. They'll get Ken Melons. <laughs> Ken Melons. Oh, <laughs> Oh, fuck. <sighs> But yeah, I mean, I hope everybody enjoyed. Uh, I don't know how much long my phone has battery for, um, but we this has worked pretty good, I believe. So
1: yeah, next um, time I'll I'll set up an actual spot to do this and not in the fucking floor. But it was on short notice. So I didn't have time to set up. Uh, what would you yeah call it, like? Get um, you a
0: little corner set up here. Get you a little tripod with light on it like I got, because I'm a high tech redneck. Right,
1: Mayberry meets Star Trek. Who the fuck sang that, by the way? George Jones. George Jones? Okay.
0: Right. Yeah. Anyway, we hope you guys enjoyed. And You got Uncle Bill on Dead Pit again, boys. Thought we'd never see it. It took a uh, pandemic for it to happen, but, you know, at least it did.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're going to be shut in for about the next two months, so we ought to figure out a couple of different topics. Yeah, to maybe we life. can
0: do uh we can do a review or something of something that we haven't seen both reviewed or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've got Shudder now, which I'm not saying it's the best fucking streaming service out there. But I mean, for the purposes of doing something like this, it is. They've got all Have you
0: seen um, me and Sarah starting to watch the Tiger King on Netflix? Have you
1: seen that? I watched the first three <laughs> episodes of it, I think. Yeah, and it's everything that you would want and more out of one of those documents. Yeah, we're going to
0: try to watch some more of it this week sometime. So, but yeah, all right. Well, we'll see you guys later, and uh, I want to post this on everybody's favorite website,
1: deadpicks.com.